Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast edition of Sunset Moms for the week of February 21st, 2019. We hope and pray that each week you will feel a part of this tribe that is motherhood. Today's speaker is Heather Ann Harrison, and she's going to be talking to us about parenting and being present with our kids. So, here I am again, (laughs) introducing... One of my favorite people in the world. I do have good friends, right? (laughs) So this is kind of funny. Um, Ada texts me and says, so Heather Harrison's speaking next week. Do you want to introduce her? And I'm like, Heather Harrison's speaking. I, I knew this somewhere probably, but I totally forgot it. And I was so excited because she truly is one of the most amazing people that I know. She, um, was a coach kind of person, worked with Intel, um, worked with Arthur Anderson, who, look at me, look at this memory, um, and this is just all off the cuff here, I didn't write anything down. Um, for many years, she became a mom, she uh, has three kids, they're all at Gonzaga University, which I think speaks a a lot about how she raised her children to really love each other enough to want to go to the same college together. Um, They're one of these families that just encourage their kids to be all that they can be and all of them are being all that they can be. They're just an amazing family. Now, Heather and I have a very funny story because she's like Sabrina as she walks in today. Do you realize this is truly full circle? Because I think back in, well, it was when I was in grad school at George Fox becoming a counselor. Um, I was a table leader for Bible study, the women's Bible study here. And we were meeting literally in like that table. And she was in my table group. And I got to this like breaking point in grad school, and I'm like, I can't do it all. Believe it or not, I can't do it all. I cannot keep leading this and do my internship and work here at the church and, and, and be a mom of three kids, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Heather, would you, could you possibly take over this table group? And she did. And then she followed my footsteps and came to... George Fox, uh, after I graduated, she started. And then um, she actually was uh, office mate. She sublet from me during those early years when she was trying to still juggle being mom of three really busy and amazing kids, uh, wife to a very busy um, man in the business world, and, you know, be a therapist and so we she she came into my uh, office and she used my office uh, when I wasn't there and started her practice slowly and eventually she started her own uh, private practice and has an office uh, actually uh, next to Usherica and they all do a consultation group together anyway we have been on this beautiful life journey together and our our some of my favorite times are when we get to get together and go for long walks or she's been to the abbey with me being still and present Uh, we really try to do that even though it's hard to fit it into our lives but she is a very very special person and I know that she's gonna um, give us some great things to think about 
So please welcome Heather Harrison. Thank you, Sabrina. <laughs> Let me ask you all, can you hear me if I don't use the mic? Is that okay? Thumbs up or no? No, you need to use the mic for recording. No, you gotta use the mic for recording. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a thing against mics, it's a thing against staying in one place. So let me see if I can do this. You can take it off and walk around. So if you're recording it and I can't make it, like, is there a way I can get on the listener? Yes. Um, yes. Okay, well, thank you again, Sabrina. I think any time that we're introduced by someone that knows us and loves us, it kind of makes you seem like you're all this and all that. And so I want to just pause here for a moment and let you know that I am truly with you and one of you on this journey of what does it mean to be present in this world that provides us a zillion distractions. And I think more and more distractions every day. When I was asked to talk, they gave me a long list of things to talk about. And I looked down this list and I thought, oh, there's the one without a moment's hesitation. I think being present has been the best gift that I've given myself and that I used as a mom. And so 17 years ago, I was literally right where most of you are at right now. Those are my three kids. At that moment, they were three, four, and six. So. One at home, Morgan at home, Evan in preschool, Adam just starting kindergarten. And that was just a lot. And so I empathize and sympathize where you all are at that literally sometimes just getting to this room and sitting down, you felt like you'd accomplished a PhD program, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And I remember that like it was yesterday. And where that time goes, um, they are now like uh, Sabrina said, they're all at Gonzaga. Morgan's a sophomore, Evan's a senior, and Adam's a graduate student. So for the last two years, they have been there together, and two will graduate this year. So that's a good thing. As many people say, you then get a raise, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I want to talk to, about today is really what does it mean to be present? And I think being present is truly one of those topics that I could tell you about it in 30 seconds or for the next 30 days. And doing it in 30 minutes is kind of tricky. So what I wanna do is leave you at least with one general concept of what does it mean to be present with your kids so you can literally walk out and try it on, and one concept of what does it mean to be present with ourselves so you can practice that. Before we go there, I wanna just ask you what does being present mean? Just throw out some words or some sentences. What does being present mean to you? Putting my phone down. Putting my phone down. Paying attention. Paying attention. Looking in their eyes. Looking in their eyes, yeah. Not being distracted. Not being distracted. Okay. Letting the phone go. Yeah. Letting it go. Oh, letting it ring, yeah. Mm -hmm. Leaving housework. Okay. Not folding the laundry. Okay, so there are lots of things from phones to laundry to people that keep us distracted. Here's a definition of being present, and it encompasses literally all of what you just said there. Being present, fully present, meaning, means having your focus, attentions, 
thoughts and feelings all fixed on what is at hand, okay? Something that sounds so simple, having your thoughts, feelings, emotions all attached at what's at hand is so difficult, isn't it? Um, it means our awareness is completely centered on the here and now. We're not worrying about the future and we're not thinking about the past. We're actually living in the present where life is happening. I read this great quote yesterday and it said, if I had to do life over again, I'd do it just the same, but this time I'd actually open my eyes wider. And I thought, the profundity of what it means to actually be in the here and now. And as I often tell people, in this very moment, anxiety and depression don't exist. They exist in the nanosecond ahead of us and a nanosecond behind us. But in the moment when we can find that centered, peaceful space and be in the here and now, all that worry and angst just seems to dissipate. So what I want to do to give us an experience of this is I'm going to um, guide us through about a two-minute meditation breathing exercise because our breath is one thing, probably the simplest thing we can actually be present with. So if you want to join me in closing your eyes, you can do that. If you want to just fixate on something, you can do that just to get the distractions away. But we're going to take a couple minutes and just feel what it feels like to be present. So closing your eyes. I want you to first of all fully arrive here. Even though you've been here, I want you to notice what your back feels like against the back of the chair, what your seat feels like against the seat, and what your feet feel like deeply rooted to the floor. And then begin noticing your breathing. I want you to fill up your lungs by breathing through your nose with a large breath, hold it at the top, and then let it out loud enough for your neighbor to hear, really releasing that breath. And pausing again at the bottom of the breath. And then breathing in again, allowing yourself to follow that natural rhythm of your breath. Simply watching that air come in and out. You're going to have thoughts going through your head, so I want you to notice those thoughts one at a time and put them on a conveyor belt. Let that conveyor belt take them away and then bring your attention back to your breathing again. And let those thoughts go and bring your attention to your breathing. As you continue to breathe and continue to let your thoughts go, I want you to bring your attention to your full body. So allowing yourself to just let your head lean forward and your neck swing gently side to side. I want you to notice where there's tension and breathe in a sense of peace and relaxation to that place of tension. As you breathe out, let that tension flow out. Imagine it leaving your body. 
moving to your arms, doing the same thing, breathing in a sense of peace. Again, following your breath up your arms, shrugging your shoulders as high as they can go. And then breathing out, letting your shoulders drop and letting that tension run out through your arms and hands. Moving down to your seat, breathing in through your core, letting that peace come all the way into all those organs in your core. And then as you breathe out again, let that tension flow out. And finally, breathing in through your feet all the way, filling your legs with peace and relaxation. And breathing out, letting that tension go so that your legs almost feel noodle-like. And as you continue to breathe, continue to let your thoughts go, I want you to imagine that you're immersed in warm water, letting all that tension float away. And then I want you to take yourself to a place where you experience a sense of calmness, be indoors or outdoors. But allow yourself to check in with your five senses and notice what you see, hear, smell, maybe something so strong you can almost taste it. Notice where that calmness resides in your body and just allow yourself to put your hand over that place in your body where it resides. And from this place, I want you to invite someone into your life that you feel present with, that makes you feel that you're noticed, that they are fully there with you. They're in the here and now, and you're all that matters. I want you to sit with this person and just allow yourself to feel what it feels like when someone is fully present with you. And now, knowing that you can come back to this moment of presence, I want you to set that to the side. And I want you to put yourself in a scenario where you're with someone or a few people and they are completely distracted. You're wanting to be present with them and they are distracted with their thoughts, with what they're doing. You can just tell they're not there with you whatever that looks like. And as you try to gain their attention and they're perhaps looking at their phone, eyes are moved somewhere else, notice how you experience that lack of presence. And allowing yourself to say goodbye to them, I want you to take a deep breath, and when you're ready, slowly 
come back to this space. So tell me what you noticed. What did you notice with the person when they were distracted from you and you wanted their presence? What did that feel like? Frustrating. Frustrating? Okay. <coughs> Tension? Okay. Jumping up and down. You, you felt like you were jumping up and down? Okay. It felt pretty convicting. It felt convicting. How so? Well, just knowing that I make other people feel that way. Okay, okay. Yeah, you could, we could see ourselves in that person. Absolutely. Yeah. Unloved. Unloved. Okay. Not valued. Not valued. Abandoned. Abandoned. Rejected. Rejected. Okay. So some pretty strong emotions. Abandoned, rejected, alone, not loved. Some pretty strong emotions just in the 30 seconds it took to not be present with that person. Let's juxtapose that with what did it feel like when someone was absolutely present with you? <coughs> Pardon me? It felt wonderful. It felt wonderful. How so? They knew you and wanted to be with you and didn't want to be anywhere else. Okay. They knew you, wanted to be with you, and nowhere else. Safe. Safe. Okay, yeah. That sense of safety. Joyful. 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 Secure. Peaceful. Secure. Secure. Connected. Connected. So just let's just stop for a moment. Joyful, secure, connected, wonderful, knowing, safe. I mean, how many of us as moms want to create that kind of space for our kids? Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And again, pretty intense emotions of what it can do, what we can do in terms of our presence with another person. So knowing that that's true, I think the question becomes, so how do I do it, right? How do I do it in this world of distractions? <clears throat> this is a mantra that we actually in, in therapy use when we're working with kids. And I think it's a fabulous mantra and I chose to use it because it's something that you can remember and something that you can practice. So what it means to be present with our kids, four things really. First of all, I'm here. I'm actually with you in your Legos, in your fit in your crying, whatever it is, I'm actually here with you. Um, now that doesn't mean all the time, we cannot be 24 seven presence with, present with our kid, but when I am, I'm actually here, you're seen. The second one is, I hear you, right? And there's a real difference when someone just hears what you're saying when someone's listening. So this really is, I'm listening to you. I'm really hearing not only your words, but boy, I get that nonverbal face too about how it feels to be three or four again. Um, the next one is I understand. Talked about empathy, really sitting down right beside them and really grokking what it means to be dying to go outside in the rain and play with the worms when all you can think of is can't we just sit inside here in front of the fireplace? No, I understand, little three-year-old boy. You have to be out there jumping in the puddles and playing with the worms. And the last one is really caring about them, caring about what they're doing. 
So I'm here, I'm present, I hear you, I'm listening, I understand what's going on in your world as much as I can because I'm empathizing with you and I care about it. And I think this comes in many different flavors and many different ways. Um, and I just stopped to think back. What were some examples um, in my world of where I saw this um, happening? And I remember with Evan, who's the, who's the middle kid, when he was going to preschool, all he wanted to do, his, his, one of his siblings was in preschool and one was in first grade at that time, all he wanted to do for the four hours he was at home before he went, I guess, to kindergarten, actually, was he wanted to read and take a bath. And he wanted me to be present in those activities. Now, four hours of reading and bath taking is a long period of time, right? And I thought, okay, this kiddo's one-on-one, -on -one, which was very infrequent in our world, and I'm going to sit there and get into it with him and do that with him. And so that, and how tempting was it to one kid at home who could go play quietly by himself to do the laundry, to make the groceries, to clean the kitchen, to do a zillion other things. Very tempting for all of us. But doing that, I can fast forward 20 years, and this is a kid who calls me on the phone, and there's long stretches of silence because he's taking in life and thinking. But he calls me, and he wants to be silently thoughtful with me. I think that's probably because I sat there and read books and was with this slow being, right? Um, I thought of uh, Morgan, who is the youngest, and she would go to preschool, and she would bring home these monstrosic, horrific art pieces. I mean, just like cardboard tape to huge flip chart paper with glue and paint dripping off. And I thought, oh dear God, where's the nearest trash compactor? But no, sitting there and saying, okay, that is fabulous. Tell me more. Tell me where should we put it? And so we created a whole space in our very small, actually, house for those lovely Picasso-esque art structures. But again, that's being here and listening and understanding and caring when there are a zillion other things you want to do, right? Yeah. Questions? Any questions just on the essence of that? When did you get your groceries? <laughs> and, and that you know I love that question because you can stand up here and in, again in 30 minutes you can talk about this and it sounds like you did it well and you did it all the time and that is so not true um, so when did I get my grocery shopping done I actually and actually that I was going to talk about that on the next slide I made grocery shopping an adventure and oftentimes the neighbor kids would want to come grocery shopping as well because I thought okay I'm here, we need it, you all are here. If we make it fun, perhaps it will be fun. Now, it was not always fun, but that was the idea, is to turn, is to really be there with the kids and understand, okay, if I were going to a store at four, what would make it interesting? And so I would say, if you have great behaviors, and I'd list out what those were, then each of you get to pick out one thing and they would pick out random things like a you know a box of noodles might be one what it wasn't a big deal you know a pack of meat it didn't matter but that one thing made it a good thing for them so um there there are a couple things that really helped me i think 
um, be present and, and go through those four things. And one of them was knowing what my boundaries were. So being really clear on what was okay and not okay for me. And there's a zillion examples I could give there, but just um, in essence of time, I want to give one. For me, quiet time, which started as nap time and turned into quiet time, was absolutely a non-negotiable. And believe me, there were mornings when I woke up at 6 o'clock and I counted how many hours it was until nap time, quiet time, right? And there's a whole lot of follies that can go into nap time, quiet time. And my only requirement is that you went to a room that had a door on it and you closed that door and you did something in that room for an hour period of time. And then you came out of that room. And so for many years it's napping, but then it gets to I don't want a nap thing. And then it was creating whatever you created behind those doors. Um, so boundaries really helped me because I knew what I could expect. Um, the no another thing that really was helpful to me was where is the yes? There's so many no's that can come with parenting and I think no's create this tension that can create a whole flavor to the day. And so really looking for the yes, in my mind it reduced the power struggles, it helped them build self-esteem and it developed a better relationship with us. And I even went to the point where I would like give myself X number of no's in a day. Now this is not to say that you're making, creating entitled kids, but it's to say you're setting it up so that yes is the answer. For example, your kiddos want to dress themselves. And I had kids who, well, my daughter at least, wanted to dress herself at like 18 months. And she would just put some humdinger outfits together. And I thought, either A, I accept whatever she walks out with, or B, I put in her closet only things that are acceptable to me because she doesn't know what's not there. So that created, there was never a no because whatever was there kind of went with whatever was there. Um, juice was a big thing. We had a cul-de-sac. We had 15 kids in our cul-de-sac all within four years of each other. So it truly was tiny house, humongous community. And they all thought every house was their house. <laughs> so juice was a big deal for some reason, drinking juice. And I thought, oh, how can I make this more of a yes than a no? So I decided to create literally 85% water, 15% juice. And you'd come to my house and you could have juice anytime you wanted it. And so all the kids did and they would always go, oh, so glad we can have juice, but your juice tastes so odd. <laughs> but again, it was a yes, not a no. And there was a great star. I was working with this young woman this week and she said, oh, I just get into these horrible fights with my three-year-old. And I said, well, tell me more. She said, well, she loves to feed our dog. So that's her chore. And the dog food is where she can, it's right where she can get it. So she pulls out the dog food and that's all good. But then after the dog's done eat, is done eating, she then takes it all out of the dish and then she lines it up all over the floor. And she said, I'm just so frustrated. I said, well, where's the goodness in it? She goes, she loves it. She feels so good about herself that she has a chore. And I said, how do we make it a yes? She's like, I don't know. And I said, what if we put the dog food up so when it's feeding time, you bring the dog food down, she does her feeding, and then when it's done, you put the dog food up. 
so that she can't continue scoop and scoop and scoop and create these mountains. She's like, yeah. So again, it's just figuring out how to make it a yes versus a no, no, no. That was another thing just, just for me, helped me be present with them, understand them, and care about them. So. The second piece of all of this, so if we're with our kids and we're saying, I hear you, I'm here, I hear you, I understand, I care, we're checking out our boundaries to give ourselves some space, we're looking for the yes to get out of that negative spiral. The second important piece is how do I practice self-compassion? And I'm just here to say, we just cannot be present with our kids until we can be present with ourselves, right? Love our neighbor as ourselves. How well are we actually loving ourselves? How present are we with ourselves? And so these are some sticking points with self-compassion, which simply means we're all mortal, vulnerable, and imperfect. Self-compassion involves recognizing our suffering and personal inadequacy is a part of the shared human experience. So what does it look like to really care for ourselves? And I think these three things are a big chunk of it. First of all, being compassionate versus comparing. And we all do it. I think Instagram is absolutely comparison on steroids. I've had so many people agree to get off Instagram and their anxiety and depression have decreased tremendously. It, I mean, it's just phenomenal to me. But comparison, every time we're either better than or worse than, and there's no choice. And as women, we generally see the worse than. So. Just stopping to say, am I, am I being compassionate with myself or am I comparing? And as you walk out of this room, I don't want you to really do anything with it other than notice. Compassionate thought or comparison thought. Um, fortunately, uh, I lived again in this neighborhood where it's so small that I can look out my window and I can look through my neighbor's window and I can see what's going on. So when the kids were little, when I was really feeling like, oh, I'm so inadequate, what the heck, where's the book, how do I do this? One day I remember I looked out my window, her kitchen table was there, and she had like a nine-month-old who was hanging, no kidding, from the lamp above the table, <laughs> just swinging. And I thought, okay, this is a common experience. So looking, <laughs> looking for the commonality in it versus the isolation. And that's what happens to us, we think, we don't know anything, but they all do. We're screwing up, but they're getting it right. You know, she's being present, but I'm never present. That is so not true. Look for the common experience versus the isolation, which these groups are beautiful for. If you can bring your honest stories to, you begin to see you are not alone. And then the last one is being mindful versus fixing. So mindfulness is that notice that I am aware of it and I accept it versus oh, I screwed up again and I need to fix it. How do I fix myself? How do I fix myself? So being mindful versus fixing. And as you walk out, my prayer for you would be that you just simply notice these things. Am I comparing? Am I compassionate? Do I think I'm all alone or is this really a common human experience? And am I being mindful, meaning accepting it, or am I trying to fix it? Because we are so not toasters and we so are not something to be fixed but we're something really to be treasured so that we can treasure those that 
are in our care. So I would love to keep this conversation going and actually open it up for conversation. It's the 30 minute mark. Um, so any questions, thoughts, observations on anything? I love your practical question. Our, our house really is so small that you walk through the back door and there's the washer and dryer. So every time I walk through, I put the wash into the dryer and then I would walk in and then if it was the other way around, I'd go through and, and fold a few clothes every time I walk through the room because the kids are getting their shoes on, they're messing about. So I just did it all the time. Yeah, when people would say I'm doing my laundry, I'd go, how do you do your laundry? Because I'm always, <laughs> it's just a part of the process. Yeah, always doing something with it. Yeah, yeah. So kind of not take away, but like, yeah. did you think about how you do the bath time and you do the reading time? Statistically, is there a number? Well, you know, 30 minutes a day or five hours a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't want to transcribe ourselves, but I feel like as moms are always trying to say, well, they would not do Yeah. I don't know if it is or not, but going back to your meditation. Can you repeat that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there a time? How much is enough? Because we're always asking, are we doing it enough? Are we present enough? Do we have enough minutes in with this kid? Do we have enough minutes in with that kid? At, you know, how much is enough? I don't know that there's a stat on it. And if it is, I'd probably set it to the side just personally, because I think it's about when you are there, how there are you? Right, because you could be with your kids all the time and literally never be present with them, right? And you know when you're with them but not with them. And so just being mindful of, okay, how have I really connected with this kid today? I think it's probably kid dependent. I think it's probably you dependent. Um, but you know, it's really interesting because it's contagious. We were one of the only families by high school that had dinner together every night. And kids came to our house to have dinner. Lit I mean, literally, they knew it was coming, so they would just come over. And because again, I think that's how powerful this presence is. And we were not doing anything per se, we were simply sitting down and having dinner. But it's that notion that I just want to be seen. So, does that help at all? Sort of. You want a number? I hear you. <laughs> See how? Yeah. I was just gonna say. Yeah. I just talked to my own counselor about this yesterday. Yeah. Good. And she was talking about like the, no, there's not an amount, there's not a number, but she says you want to kind of aim for like thirty-five percent attunement of the time that you're with your kids. So being really tuned in, present kids just like try to do that about you know 35 percent of the time like you're not going to be able to be that present half the time but you don't want to just be present in these little fleeting moments yeah. okay. so i mean obviously you can't quantify you know, 35 but it's kind of that, yeah. that kind of idea of like self-compassion like, yeah i don't know i i try to make it my goal i have four kids i try to do 15 minutes for each kid each day like that's our minimum and often our maximum yeah. of like really tuned in time and I notice it makes a huge 
huge difference. Just those 15 minutes makes a huge difference yeah. for them. So a little bit goes a long way in there, 30, 33%. Good number. Sabrina? So I, I just to echo that, Daniel Siegel, who wrote Developing Mind and um, the Parenting from the Inside yep. Out and all these great books all about neuroscience, he says, it's my favorite statistic of all time, <laughs> 30% of the time, if you're doing great parenting 30% of the time, your kids are going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and those two correlate. So I guess uh, we've got a third. A third. <laughs> We're thinking thirds, exactly. Yeah. Um, what does self-care look like for you at this season? Ah. As my kids are old now? No. Or, or when, when, at, at, this season, at this season right now, then, yeah. Um, so self-care looked for me is I got up earlier than the earliest kid got up, always. And if that meant 4.30, that meant 4.30. Because it was extraordinarily important for me, personally, to have time outside by myself. So I've just run or swam all my life, and I knew that if I didn't do that, I would not be a, a person I wanted to be with, let alone someone else wanted to be with. So. So that was that. Um, and then often after breakfast when they were little, like zero, one, two, we would get in the, they would get in the stroller in the front pack and then I would take them outside and we would go for another walk. Because to me, just being in the bigger picture helped me have a bigger perspective of, oh my gosh, this will change someday. <laughs> and then enforcing the nap time in which I didn't scurry around and clean sort dust and organize, I sat and read or slept, often slept, yeah. And uh, then I had, we were pretty routinized. We had dinner kind of the same time in bed, bath, books, boom. And that was generally done by 7.30. And they would tell you today, they still remember, mom, do you remember we were in bed and the other kids in the cul-de-sac were out playing? And I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I was pretty happy to be there. <laughs> so. Those, those four things were what helped me get through that. Yep, absolutely. And people. So I, again, this cul-de-sac, I think, saved my life, truly. Yep. One thing, um, when we had one child, it was easy to figure out how, we had a, an expectation of story time before bath time, before prayers and bed and so forth. And that was sort of the common for all of our kids who had three children. Um, but once the second one came along, it became apparent. We, my husband and I would alternate who would read, mm -hmm. and my husband, you know, then became part of the, that bedtime routine with the other child, and we would switch off. So that there was parenting going on both the parents, and you split the responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's another way to give the kids the present time, but yeah. also the dad, not yeah. the Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great idea, yeah. I'm happy to keep doing questions and conversation. I don't, I was told to be done at 11, so occasionally I follow direction, very occasionally. But do we need to close this? I'm looking for whoever's in charge or not. What are the puzzle pieces for? Good question. I'm going to, so this last slide here um, is, is another question. And all the, you'll notice each slide has a question, and they would be just questions for you to walk out and consider is uh, where do you see God in charge? So where do you see God throughout the day showing up um, in ways that may be unexpected? And 
What really helped me, to your point as well, is knowing that God does have a plan. And even though I would get my panties in such a tight wad around, am I doing enough? If I don't do 9,000 sports, is my kid not going to be an athlete in high school? If I don't read 25,000 books, is my kid ever going to pass the SAT? I mean, those questions that are, you know, we can just get ourselves wrapped around the axle on. So stepping back and going, knowing that there is a plan for, for me and for this kiddo, and that God actually cares more about them than we do, which is incomprehensible to me. And so I have to keep telling myself, especially now, and I remember a dental hygienist told me that when the kids get in their 20s, it's way harder than it's ever been, and I thought she was crazy. But guess what? Now they make all their own decisions and you don't get a lot of say in it. And you watch them do things and you're like, oh, never did I teach you that. And oh my gosh, tell me more, why? So that he actually cares more than you do with them. And then the last part is just knowing whether it's 30% or 33%, whatever, is that you're gonna do your part. And so the puzzle pieces are something tangible to know that God has this whole picture with you and your community and your kids and your family, and you've got this one part. And when you step in and you do your part for yourself and your kids and your community, it creates this whole picture. So sometimes it feels so big, and so just stepping back and saying, okay, all I really need to do is my one little part, and it will connect to a bigger picture that I don't have control of and don't need to have control over. So if that's something that resonates for you, take a puzzle piece and help it help you remember this piece of doing your part only. So. Yeah? Okay. Thank you. That's good. I got some good nuggets out of that. Um, so Let's take the next couple of minutes and finish prayer requests, do a little table talk time, and then we'll um, come up and do closing prayer and we'll go collect gifts. Hey friends, I've got one more little announcement for us before we wrap up in prayer. So this year we've been working on getting a podcast up of our speakers, and it's finally live! It's very exciting. There's only three of them because we kept screwing it up because, you know, we're working on it. Um, but there's three of them up now. What three? I don't know. And um, But you can just search Sunset Moms on the podcast page on, on, like, iTunes and on Google Play. So, yeah, search Sunset Moms, and you'll have access to some of our stuff. And hopefully, you know, we'll get more up this year, and then next year we'll just be running like clockwork. So. Thank you.